Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast, where I am joined uh, by an absolute gaggle of Big Strong Leicester Boys this evening. Um, I'll start with uh, the biggest and strongest, and that is Rick Flair. How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, thank you. No, I'm not actually. I'm still, still not recovered from last weekend. You know, I've been, I've been to hell and back this last week. I'm actually drinking fruit tea this evening. Um, although I've just seen I've just seen Chowsy's bollocking an ale down him, so I might have to go and get yeah. one in a minute. But um, yeah, no, I've just I wouldn't say I'm really ill, but I'm also not very good. Sort of probably about forty five percent, which is probably me at my peak. So yeah, I'm all right. Good. And you've uh, you've had quite the day out at Wacky Warehouse today, I gather. Well, Liz took Oscar ice skating and. Uh, I can't ice skate. I'm the absolute pits at it, so I refused to go. So I took Darcy, <laughs> just took it a soft play. But yeah, very early on, it became abundantly clear that some little Herbert had done a Richard in the ball pit. The smell was horrendous. Um, and yeah, and she wouldn't get out either. She wanted to be in there. And I was like, no, not doing that. So yeah, not a good day, mate. But um yeah, we'll leave it there, shall we? Move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. I, I don't want you to feel any worse for, for wear. Um, also, Jake, great to have you on the pod again. I would say back on the pod, but you were here last week. But given the state of all of us, I've sort of blanked that pod from my memory. Um, how are you, mate? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, good to be back properly. Yeah, apologies for for last week for a being so ridiculously hungover, and I, I really was. Me and Rick were just, I think, giving updates, weren't we, daily in the yeah. in the WhatsApp group about how hungover we were. It took me till Thursday. Yeah, about I Friday, I was still yeah. getting updates from you too. Yeah. This is this is this is genuine. I felt dreadful up until Thursday. Um, I, I was back visiting um, friends and family in, in Norwich this weekend, and ordinarily that would involve you know we, you know you see an old mate having a catch up and some some booze, but I couldn't. I still couldn't do it. So I genuinely had a couple of alcohol free beers in the pub last night because I I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, but yeah, now where are we? Sunday evening. Uh, I feel fine again. So my Doing audio was crap. Again. My audio was crap last week because I was on the phone at my parents' house and I was ridiculously hungover. Um, so <laughs> I was kind of back, but not really. But this week, kind of properly back, but didn't watch the game. But anyway, I'm I'm just here for the vibes. Good. Well, we'll. Uh, I was going to make a joke about people not watching the game, but we'll save that one for later. Mm. Um, so <laughs> there we are. Um, we've also got uh, two friends of the show on the uh, on the podcast who've been on before, and we're very delighted to have them back. So, Dave, we'll start with you, Dave Bevan of the Fossway, founder, co-founder. What what is your title at the at the Fossway? Is that is that fair? Is that fair? Yeah. Co-founder is is fair, along with uh, with Joe and James. Um, yeah, I, I can't take all the credit for it, unfortunately. No, but you can take all the credit for the stuff you've written on Twitter this afternoon, which you've got absolute pelters for, which uh, we'll get into a little bit later. So I'm keen to have a chat with you about that. that. Might crop up. Yes, look forward to it. Good, uh, and also Chelsea of what? What's your title at Union Union FS, Chelsea? Assuming yeah. I pronounced your name correctly, oh. I did that wrong yes. the other week. That would be co-founder as well, though my sort of involvement in the group is, I wouldn't say diminished, but less less involved as or heavily involved as I was for the first sort of five years. But obviously, we, we we've got to ten years now, um, which we celebrated in SK One section yesterday, which was great. Had a private party at the exchange bar after, so I'm definitely in Sunday night repentance club with with the rest of you lads tonight. Um, but yeah, the only way to get over it is to to get back on the bottle. To be fair, Rick, isn't it? So here we are with the Corona. That oh is, boy, that is very Rick Flair. What what did you declare on Tuesday night? You were you were back on spirits or something, weren't you? Rick? Who me? Yeah, well, it wouldn't be anyone else. Yeah, I, uh, you said, you said you were going yeah, straight. Yeah, uh, I had a I had a I did yeah I had a very very large gin on Monday or Tuesday, which didn't do me any favours. I did end up getting arsehole again on Thursday, actually, and last night. So, um, yeah, that's probably... <laughs> but you forget, don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. It's December. It's that stage of the year where you just... Yeah. You, you're full of colds. You can't decipher whether it's a cold or a hangover. Yeah, it's, both. It's, yeah, it's both normally, and everyone's carrying something. So, um, so there we are. Anyway, people probably haven't tuned in to talk about hangovers or listen to people talk about hangovers I guess they're probably more interested in the football so uh, 4-0 win uh, against Plymouth yesterday and what I thought was uh, a pretty good performance actually Um, I uh, I bumped into Jordan after the game last night uh, who promptly told me that I I didn't know anything about football and what was I worried Mm -hmm. about because he's been saying all year that was coming Um, and I'm very happy to be wrong. Um, I thought we were we were very convincing, um, aside from like a 10, 10 15 minute spell. Um, we, you know, 
for the first time this season, we properly put aside out of sight. Um, and it was it was a very comfortable, comfortable finish, which we haven't said for for a long time for a lot of games this season. Um and you know, really, really enjoyable. So uh so yeah, keen to get your thoughts on that. I'll start with you, Dave, because I know you were at the game. What did you make of it? Yeah, uh, largely exactly what you said. I mean, just to put a team away finally, take those chances. I think the biggest thing for me was um, actually starting the second half well, which we haven't been doing recently, um, and taking the chances when they came. I think there were obviously uh, the wingers shone a little bit more than they have been. I've been a bit critical of um, Mabadidi, I think. Is either either that there's more to come from him or he's not very good. Um, so the challenge is there, like, I is there more to your game than this? Because um, his shooting technique, I think, his finishing technique, like Rick said on the pod before, has been awful so far this season. So that that second goal of his, um, I think, would have uh, hopefully given him some more confidence and hopefully is a sign that he can score goals uh, because the the... The approach is so um, it's so like predicated on getting the ball to the wingers, and when there's no number nine in the box, um, they kind of need to be able to finish. And so, yeah, a bit more end product. Um, and uh, yeah, after the, especially after the last couple of games, because they'd both gone to injury time with something riding on it, just to relax a little bit more was kind of I think what we needed. Exactly. Yeah. I. I wanted to talk about Mavadidi because I think it's definitely his his best display uh, of the season. But talking about displays, obviously, Chelsea, 10 years of Union FS, um, a big party last night and probably a performance fitting of 10 years of, of Union FS. What did you make of it? Yeah, I thought it was it was nice to have one of those games because it, it meant that we could relax. We could just, from an atmosphere stand, standpoint, there was no sort of nervousness whatsoever as soon as we got those three quick fire goals in the second half. It was, in effect, like just working through the repertoire of songs and just enjoying the rest of the, ge- the rest of the game, really. And it's nice to see Ben Nelson get on um, for his for his debut, uh, well, league debut. Um, obviously got, an, got a chance straight away, which is a recycled Ben Marshall chant from, from years gone by. It's not time of that is. Yeah, really good. So, uh, yeah, it was just, I, I thought it was just generally just a, a good showing across across the board really i think that we we controlled the game from start to finish other than those 10 15 minutes that you said in the first half. i think enzo alluded to that in his post match as well um that he had not quite seen that sort of level of control for for a good while in terms of the rest of the rest of the game so yeah re- really really pleasing perf- performance on the pitch and as as i said kind of um, from an atmosphere point of view, it was it was it was good in our area. <laughs> Maybe areas to improve on around the rest of the stadium. I'm sure we'll yeah. come on to that. Later. We we will come on to that. I, I'm glad you mentioned the Ben Nelson chant because I thought that was brilliant. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, the boys from Filbert Street version of Tree, Tree. by Kasabian. Yeah. That I, that's never heard that song at scale, which is disappointing um but that did get going for quite a while yesterday which was uh which was very good um i'll I'll go to the extended highlights crew (laughs) which is which is becoming a bit of an ongoing joke uh for you rick is someone i see at the football every saturday so there's rick here and i go no 
He'll have watched the extended highlights, though, won't he? <laughs> I'd, I'd be too pissed if I was there anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I, it was... We've been saying we needed to put a team away. We did. I still feel like we should have put more away. Um, and I know that's probably being very picky. But some of the chances that were missed or, or probably won't even register of chances, that one that Ndidi somehow didn't connect in the first half. Um yeah, I mean, we only had 13 shots again. Am I being a bit unreasonable there? Is that still not that many? Um, I know we score four, but yeah, that front three of Mavadidi, Dakar and Fatalu, um, it had the potential to be electric and it was, you know, pace, which is not something that we're naturally blessed with throughout the team. So to get them all out there, uh, it was good. And, and they're the first goals at, Phil, uh, at King Power this season from a winger. Um, well, from Mavadidi, Makatir, and uh, Fatawu and Yunus, that's the first goal that any winger scored. scored away from home. I didn't know that. Yeah, the only other one, one year Marsa got one, didn't he, against Cardiff? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, don't yeah. don't even know whether you can class him as a winger, but he played out there. But yeah, so I mean, Mavadidi's got two goals, Daka's got a goal and assist, Fatawu's got two assists. You know, that's the end product you want from you, your front three. Uh, and going to Dakar, um. I mean, Vardy and Iheanacho have, have been scrabbling around for form all season, haven't they? They've done okay, but they've not blown blown teams apart like they ought to. Dakar's performance yesterday, as far as I'm concerned, is the best performance from a striker this season in our shirt. And why it's taken that long, I don't know, because um, I know behind the scenes, whatever reason, Enzo might not fancy him or trust him or be the long-term solution. But at this level he will score goals. I'm really convinced of that. So I think we need to use him and hopefully he plays again on Wednesday. And then if he scores again, it might well be, um, takes care of itself. Obviously, Cannon came on as well, which is great. But um, yeah, the funniest thing about Dakar was, as you notice, that Enzo calls him Pat. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know why I find that funny, but he just kept referring to him as Pat. Pat. Postman, Pat. Postman, yeah. He delivered. Always delivered. <laughs> yeah, no, all, all round, all round good. Good to give someone a hiding. Could have been more, should have been more. Let's do the same on Wednesday. Yeah, another game on Wednesday. Jay, what what did your highlights tell you? <laughs> nah, look, I mean, obviously kind of echoing lots of what all the other boys have said. Great to put a team away finally. And we, we mentioned it last week. A, a nice run of games on paper, isn't it? Plymouth, Millwall, Birmingham, Rotherham. And without kind of then wanting to quote Jord, that we'll be all right. And I don't know how many points you predicted we'd win. I think probably all of them. But I think we should. But I, I really do think we should. You know, and then <clears> if we get to that Ipswich game, then with a not even a um, a, a buffer or, or a cushion, I, I really don't know because you know you've got to give credit to, to Leeds and Ipswich because they're sticking with us, and they really are. I mean, so Reading of the record points tally, don't they? Of course, for a championship season, twenty games in. I think they were they were, they'd got forty seven points by this point, so we've got more than what Reading have, but so do Ipswich, you know, and and Leeds are just a few points behind that. So so yeah, we are leading it, but we are actually in a in a division at the moment against a couple of other teams. You can argue are two of the best teams ever seen in in the Championship twenty games in. So um, I think it was a bit of a kick up the backside, wasn't it? Dropping a couple of points, and you know the fact that then. It was Leeds, wasn't it? Who played the, the night before, puts the pressure on us to to go out and, and get the job done. I think that that helped as well because I think otherwise sometimes you can struggle a little bit to get up 
for a game at home against Plymouth, but knowing they had to go out there and, and win it because what Leeds had done the night before, I think, was, was, was helpful. So, yeah, pleased with the 4-0. The team selection, interesting one. Kind of alluded to it last week, didn't we, about Tom Cannon and feeling like maybe, just maybe, you know, could still be premature, but week on week, kind of back in my thought that that maybe Enzo isn't a fan of him or he wasn't an Enzo signing. You know, Pats and Dak are coming out of absolute nowhere to to start that game at, at the weekend. And look, Rick's right. Pats and Dak will score goals this this level. But we said the same thing about Ian Atcher and Vardy. I think that Vardy's got exactly the amount of goals and played exactly the amount of minutes that, that someone of his age should have. It's, it's Ian Atcher, isn't it, Who, who's been a bit of a disappointment. You know, and I'm, I'm a big fan of him. He, he hasn't scored as much as what he should have done. So, um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. We now find ourselves in, in December. Maybe Ian Atcher, with his contract being up at the end of the year, he could once again field some some bids from a, a Premier League club. I'm hearing rumours of Palace again. So maybe Dakar's got a bit of a way back in and it ends up being Vardy, Dakar and, and Cannon as the three. So, um, so yeah, and no, I thought Dakar did well. T- took the goal well. Um, but yeah, he's like the other three, isn't he? He should score goals at this level. It, it's all about being able to, to step up. But um, I suppose we just cross that bridge when we get there, don't we? Yeah, it, he should score goals at this level. And to be honest, that was the bit that, that you know, running in behind, going one-on-one with a keeper, That's we've always known he's he's all right at that. I think he's he's a calm finisher. He doesn't, he doesn't miss too many chances. But actually, the other part of his game, I thought was pretty good. The way that he, I think there was one moment where, Vestergaard passed him the ball and he'd run in the other direction. But apart from that, he linked the play quite quite nicely. And it's obviously a a new role and a and something different for him. But actually I thought I thought he did pretty pretty well in in that space. And and Cannon's an interesting one, actually, because I just assumed that Cannon would start yesterday. Um but when he came on, you, you can sort of see why he didn't. He did look a bit raw. Um he, you know, the few occasions he, he was running in behind, but wasn't really doing doing much else. It, it, from what I could I could see anyway. So I sort of, you know, particularly when Dakar plays like mm-hmm. that, you you can sort of understand it. But but Dave, it's um it's an interesting conundrum for for Enzo now because you know if Vardy and Ianacho are fit and Dakar plays well again on Wednesday, I don't know who he picks. Well, I I, I would pick Dakar, I think. Yeah, I think I would probably pick Dakar as well. I think um, it seems like it's obviously a ridiculous luxury that you're bringing a twenty-three million pound striker or whatever it is that you've got down the back of the sofa that you haven't used at all. You bring him in to play Plymouth. I mean, it's it is a luxury. Um, so I I can't really imagine that the club would want all four of them staying past January. Um, and uh, yeah, like Jake says, Ian Acho like is going to be of interest to Premier League clubs. Obviously, Dakar nearly seemingly went to Bournemouth in August, and, and maybe there'll be clubs interested in him, in him, especially if he scores um, uh, again regularly. Like if he gets picked, um, for me, I still get terrified when he receives the ball facing his own goal, especially kind of like. 20 30 yards from goal which is the the requirement of our strikers these days i think like you say he did okay at it there were i think there were one or two i think you were being a bit generous there were one or two more sort of times i'm the biggest dacker fanboy going dave so i have to play my role 
I, I kind of, I still think, look, just, just sort of point him at the goal and just chuck, chuck it over the top. And you could see, like, from his goal, that that's obviously what he excels at. The touch, I, I still kind of, yeah, worry about. But um, it's exciting to have that kind of pace up front. Someone who can actually, with his pace, I think, is the difference between what the other two had been asked to do so far is receive the ball and be on the end of the um, uh, of the crosses, which there was mm. one where it just eluded Dakar uh, in the first half where you thought he's actually, you know, fully sprinted 40 or 50 yards to get on the end of that. He's capable of doing it, which is, it is exciting to watch. Yeah. It, the way, He just got himself in really good positions. I mean, he missed, he missed a chance early on, didn't he? I'm not sure quite how he missed that. Um, but he was getting himself in those positions, and I thought I think you made you made a good point. Um, in terms of players, Chelsea, who anyone we've not mentioned or anyone we've not mentioned enough, anyone else stand out for you yesterday? Uh, I was thinking actually, stand out but not potentially potentially in a good way was was Cassidy. I was pretty disappointed by him actually. He got on the ball in some good positions actually, where he carried the ball at the back four, and you just wanted wanted him to thread a ball through to. To, to Cannon or Fatou or whoever made those forward runs and and he just didn't do it. He held on, he dallied on it. It almost looked like he got caught in several mines. So I thought that was a bit of a shame. Um, but from a positive sense, I, I thought that Fatou was, again, good. He just excites the crowd. His feet are great. Had that good curling effort in the first half that looked pretty close from where we were and, and obviously got registered a couple of assists as well. So, yeah, I think... It, it looks good, and just going back to Dakar as well. I think that I'd like I'd like to see more of him between now and obviously he's going to Afcon, I assume, um, as well as as obviously Kelech will go as well. So we will be reliant on Cannon to to supplant Vardy as well during that period because it, Vardy won't be able to play every game in that period. So Cannon is going to have to have some minutes under the belt by then and hopefully Enzo trusts him a little bit more than he's he's shown so far. But I felt that he was he was okay. Nothing better, nothing worse really. Yeah. It's um it's mad when we're talking about the the number of players we've got for the positions we've got. Because I mean yesterday, for example, Ricardo didn't play, but I don't really think we missed him. Um and he's one of our strongest players. Hamza comes in playing in a role that before this season he wasn't necessarily familiar with, played really well. I mean, Winks, obviously, we would miss if he wasn't there. Justin, I think, has actually got a lot stronger in the last kind of few weeks. So, you know, Rick, you're a man who worries about injuries as much as mm. I do. But actually, you know, the famous last words, but touch wood, I think, you know, we've got a squad that, you know, with the with the amount of games we've got coming up and we are now getting really into silly season, that should be able to navigate through, I think. I mean, when they go to AFCON in January and Suter also goes to the Pan-Asian Cup or whatever it's called, um, that, I know we don't get in, but, you know, that's five players that potentially go in. If we lost five players to injury for a month, you'd be a bit concerned. But, yeah, hopefully up until Christmas, um, those that were missing yesterday, hopefully they're just short-term. It sounds like they are. But, yeah, we, we seem to be... Back, being able to rotate uh, the last couple of games, whether that's forced or, or otherwise, and, and we still perform to the level. Get it, having an Ndidi back has made a massive difference, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, that the, the midfield three of Dewsbury Hall, Ndidi and Winks, they, they've just got that blend of experience 
Um, you know, the attacking wise, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, it, it's not natural, but it, at this level there, they're more than good enough. And it, you, you just feel assured and confident that we'll get the job done with those three. And um, Doyle's obviously nearly coming back. It's going to be interesting because I, I agree with you, Justin, in the last few weeks, I think has really started to become consistent. He no longer gets caught ball watching. He's a good one V one defender. Game, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's been since the yeah, you're right. Um obviously I, I still think when we're building from the back early, you know, not him not being left footed does hinder us and that's where Doyle will slot back in and we'll probably be better going forward. But I think he gets caught out a lot because he's not that quick. And with him and Vestergaard, you know, Justin's pace bails us out as well as his one v one defending. So yeah, what what we lose in um some of Justin's qualities will gain in Doyle's, but I, I think they'll rotate now, those two, or or Justin and Ricardo. But um, yeah, hopefully we've got enough to to be able to um, navigate injuries and unavailability. I mean, Leeds on—they're not losing anyone to Afcon or any of the other mid-season tournaments, so they'll be rubbing their hands together because I know Ipswich lose three or four as well to to both tournaments. So we'll see, won't we? Yeah. Big month January, well, December, January. I'd say, though, on that squad and, you know, covering injuries and, and people leaving, I, I do think there's one position we do need, just one player. And, and I do think that's a centre midfielder. Mm. Um, I think, we, 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 as you mentioned, indeed, when he was out and... Yeah, we missed him. There was another one. I think it was Eunice out. And then... Like Cassidy <sighs> against Leeds, right? Yeah, and, I think, yeah, and, then, yeah and it was Cassidy who obviously wasn't having a good game and, and then Enzo didn't want to bring on a... A sub. I think his only midfield he had was, was Hamza. He brought on just for the sake of bringing on a midfielder. But obviously, if you he played him at right back and pushed Ricardo forward, didn't he? Yeah, and obviously, if you're trying yeah. to win a game of football, you you know you, that's not really who you want to be bringing on, is it? Um, I think we just need to be brutally honest here and say that Castell hasn't worked, um, and I don't think he's going to get enough minutes now to to really kind of establish himself because he's he's not going to be first choice. Um, I mean, he's strange because clearly he's a a phenomenally talented teenager. You know, you just have to look what he did with, with Italy and it was AC Milan, wasn't it? And the money Chelsea spent on Inter, him. Inter, I think. Inter. Inter, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I'm seeing the same thing as everyone else is seeing and it, it's it's a young kid who's, who's miles off the pace. And, you know, and you would have thought, not necessarily, but, you know, Enzo being an Italian, you know, a, a midfielder himself, he probably would have looked at Castan thinking, you know, what a hell of a signing he is. But I think if he's honest... He's, he, he would say it's it's not working. So whether we keep keep him or not, we still need to bring in a, a midfielder because, you know, when indeed he goes, or if you get one injury to, to Dewsbury Hall, in terms of like a, a central midfielder with a little bit of kind of attacking nous, there's not really anyone else. I mean, again, with, with Eunice, I like him. Right? I think he's a technically very good footballer. You know, he's Turkey international, played Galatasaray. But... Again, I'm thinking I'm, he hasn't made that much impact, has he? Really? Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. really? He's a nice, neat, and tidy footballer. But, you know, I'm looking at the goal that McAtee scored for, for Sheffield United at, at the weekend, and, and that was what he wanted, wasn't it? <sighs> and, yeah, I know. And, and look, obviously, that's now not an option, but but that was the player that Enzo wanted. And there's a reason why he was going after him and, and not Tom Cannon on, on deadline day, because that's the player he needed. And, um, yeah, I just think that if, if we're being brutally honest, that, that Cassidy hasn't worked and I can't see it working. I, I can't. 
Um, obviously, I hope it does. If he turns it around, brilliant. But I just don't see it. I don't see it. I, I think he's really, really struggling. You know, and with that team now being as settled as what he is, what minutes is he going to get? You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not sure. So I, I think we need to go out and get a mid- midfielder. Um, but it's a little bit difficult because they're going to have to play, kind of accept being second fiddle to, to indeed in Dewsbury Hall, te- you know, um, potentially, aren't they? So, so yeah, whether we just kind of make do with what we've got until the end of the season, because we would be fine, wouldn't we, to get promoted with this with this current squad, you would have thought. Or maybe you just kind of cut your losses now and bring somebody in kind of with a, a more longer term aim of them being permanent and playing in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, I think it's clearly an area we need. That's the one I'm... Yeah. That or a Winks alternative. Although Hamza, to be fair, has, has been fine when he, when he stood in for Winks. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, if, without Kinnan or Ndidi, I just, we just don't look as strong. In that Leeds game, I think we really missed Ndidi. It was good to see Pratt get some minutes yesterday because I think he's good in there. However, and I think actually he'll he'll thrive in a Maresca system, but I mean, the bloke gets injured getting out of bed, I think, and you wonder whether he still wants to be there. He's got mm. six months left on his on his contract. So, um, so yeah. Um, he'll, be, he'll be in Turin Airport for the whole of January, won't he? Waiting for the, uh, the, 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 waiting for the bid to come in. Well, Torino will probably say, you know, we need to pay them to take him <laughs> off our hands or something because their, their offers are always absolutely abysmal and right at the last minute. I don't know whether someone's just trolling with it, but um, yeah. I mean, he just doesn't look very happy either. Someone's got to put him out of yeah. at, at some point. That said, I do think he's a good footballer. At this level, I, I was pleased to see him get some minutes back on the pitch, but it just depends whether he's whether he's still up for it. Um, I'm at the stage where I'm going to Any ask other business? Anything, any other business on the Plymouth game? <laughs> right, we should also do an ad break at some point, <laughs> which I also need to explain to people because I'm getting loads of questions about ad breaks when I put them in. Um, they what don't always go on. Well, no, they don't. Well, sometimes we go, we're going to go to an ad break okay. and then we leave a bit of a pause, but it depends on your, I don't know, it's cookies and your preferences and things like that. So sometimes you'll get them and sometimes you won't. Um, so yeah, they're always inserted. So, so yeah. Any other business on Plymouth before we, well, Plymouth on the pitch before we go and talk to sort of Plymouth in the stands. One one really quick one I think is uh, is Hermanson deserves a bit of a shout because Plymouth did have quite a few shots, including that one in the first half where they were through on goal. Um, and it after last season, it's just nice to have a goalkeeper where you know there's a one on one and you think he might save this. <laughs> He's so good, isn't he? <laughs> He's yeah, fantastic. I love how he start, He just stays on his feet for as long as he possibly can. He trusts himself to to react to where the, where the striker's going with it. That for one of the first half was a prime example of that. He didn't commit, yeah, didn't really telegraph where he was going to go to the strike or anything, just waited and, and, and got his rewards from it. And his distribution, yeah, I think he knocked a few out of play yesterday. It was, I don't know if it, I don't know if it translates on the pitch as much, but it was bloody windy in Leicester yesterday. And yeah. I feel like a lot of his passes kind of were taken by the wind, and um, when he was knocking them wide. But it's nice to see a score from a goal where we've we've drawn. Plymouth onto us a bit and he's gone over the top um, yeah. I think we're trying to do that quite regularly, it's not really worked I think the last time I remember it working was at Southampton away um, where where Mavididi had made one of those runs from from wide and it's it's perfect, like teams that, who are playing with a high line against us, they can't cope with it, but I've noticed a few times where he's had the ball at his feet and I felt 
if he was a bit more ready to play that long pass, because quite often he's almost it's like sort of tr- treading on the ball and he's looking for a shorter pass and he, there's no way he could be able to generate the power to get it over the top as, as much as when there is opportunity to do it. So, yeah, but I think, yeah, it was just lovely to just see him get a pre-assist, I guess you can call it, for, for Dakar's goal. Rick's favourite's a pre-assist, yeah. isn't it, Rick? You love a pre-assist. I do, mate. Do they do expected pre-assists? Is that uh, not yet. That'll come next year, I think. But okay, I just good. put in the chat, Chelsea makes a good point about the distribution going a bit long. Seemed to be an obvious um, instruction second half. And somebody put on Twitter that, uh, Enzo was deep in conversation with Willie Caballero. It looked like Caballero was saying to go long. They must have spotted mm. a uh, an opening, and from from what I saw, he then did launch a few, didn't he? And it works. He's got it's effortless at times, uh, and it's good to mix it because it means the opposition don't know what you're going to do. But yeah, it's good good that we are willing to do that in the midst of Enzo often saying that we'll only play one way. He, we don't. We play a multitude of ways, and you just get frustrated when you hear those words it's not actually true i think he does it to piss everyone off i think he does do it to piss him everyone there's two things i really like about hermanson one of which is his ability to deal with the crowd going just knock it long and he just ignores them which i think takes takes some guts and the second thing is his dad's twitter account whenever he's had a good game (laughs) which he was at it again last night he was at it again we need to get him on the pod at some stage but he's it, funny enough, Dave, when you said that, I think it was Oliver Kay in the Times wrote an article basically saying Premier League goalkeeping is kind of the worst it's been for about 20 years. I could have just credited the wrong person with that, but I think it was him. Um, but he's one I think would be right up there in terms of in terms of the quality in, in Premier League. I think he's he's one I'm very, should we go up, I'm very confident about. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think he's, there's still strangely, I mean, it's a, it's a separate conversation probably, but there's there's still only a handful of our players, I'd say, would be, I'd be confident in performing at Premier League level. Yeah, I'm with you. It just shows the gulf between the two divisions because we're, you know, we're top, we, we win almost every game and yet you're still thinking there's probably three or four of these I'd definitely trust to be yeah. first choice. Um, and that's why when teams go up, they replace everyone. Um, and then suddenly, you know, I have to start again in the Prem. But uh, to be fair, I mean, as long as we can stay, as long as we can keep hold of him, I think that's that's more of a worry than anything. Like, he's definitely Premier League quality, and hopefully, he'll stick around with us up there. His, his save percentage is unbelievable. Like, I think it's something mm. like eight two percent or something like that, and it's ten, like at least ten percent more than anyone else in the league. And the, the average for the leagues are out in the sixties, I think. So yeah, yeah, it's miles clear of like the competition in this league. And yeah, he's more than capable of playing at a higher level. Just, it's yeah. mad. It's mad as well because every every opposition fan that's seen us play has told me that our keeper's dodgy, and I'm he takes a lot of risks with how he plays, but yeah. he's really not. And you know, I think Plymouth tried to lob him from about forty yards, which. It's fine, but it's it's not going to happen very often. I'm sure it'll happen at some stage this season, and it will be tagged and highlighted, reeled everywhere. But um, but yeah, it really doesn't concern me. Right, should we do a commercial break, and then we will talk Plymouth off the pitch, off the pitch, or even in the stands. But um, Dave, you uh, well, so as I'll, I'll give you my my perspective, sort of 
post post the game yesterday and then kind of we'll, we'll do the sequence of events that that followed so you know I, I i've moved my season ticket this year to be closer to the singing section not quite in it uh but i'm i'm in sk1 so just to the left of the singing section and um what really disappointed me yesterday was we're we're falling up by 55 minutes um and probably with about 10 minutes to go the ground just started emptying um which you know for for me actually i think it was one of the games that i could actually enjoy in the last 10 minutes because I, I i'm not a good watcher um and i just i appreciate people have commitments you know the lad i sit with goes to you know comes travels up from london so it's not always easy but it's a three o'clock game on a saturday and as fans we often moan about kickoff times and everything you know it's not it's not that inconvenient in the in the grand scheme of football now but the ground was probably half empty at the end of the game um and the team have just put a performance in like that it's just it's just really disappointing to see because you know players get stick you know and you know fans make themselves heard when it doesn't go very well but when they've put in a performance like that it's it's hugely disappointing um and then i get home and uh, and pipes has has written something on twitter um about i think he wrote about the family stand being being empty um which got him you know a few pelters but i, I think he's absolutely right and it's not it's not just the family stand this is not about individuals it's not you know i'm not i'm not digging anyone in particular out but to leave in that number, I think is just so disappointing. And the, you know, the atmosphere in the ground by and large was just really, really quiet yesterday. And if we can't get behind the team when they win 4-0, I, I don't know when we can, because I spent most of last season going, well, the atmosphere is not, not very good because the football's not very good. Football's been really good this year. And, you know, despite the best efforts of some, the atmosphere still still isn't there and it's it's a real conundrum for me and one that I, I can't quite work out so we've mentioned it a few times but we've never really given it a proper discussion uh on the pod but obviously Dave you've I can't quite remember exactly I'll probably get the get the exact tweet up of, of what you said but you know I think you've you've looked at it from a different perspective and sort of you know tried to understand the club's role in this as well because you know, the fans play a part, but obviously the club do too. So it'd just be really good to get kind of your your thoughts on that and your, your reaction to some of the responses you've had. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to put the Christmas decorations up today and I just keep getting these pings. I'm looking at it and it's people infuriated with the idea of trying to put one specific uh, point of view across in a tweet where you've only got a certain amount of characters. Um, even when I started it saying one thing about the atmosphere argument, I'm not trying to solve it in a tweet, but people expect you to, I think. So they kind of want you to put across the entire complexity of why Leicester City have a poor atmosphere at home in as few words as possible. But, it's, but it's, it, there's, there are a lot of different factors. So I think overall, like the stadium is an issue. It's not really conducive to it. But we have still had... Um, Good atmospheres there, obviously. Um, then you've got, there is a sense of entitlement and expectation, I think, especially being in the championship. We have to admit that. Um, then you've got, there are a lot of people who maybe, well, we know there are a lot of people who aren't there to make noise. But I think there are a lot of people as well that just 
do treat it more casually than you'd expect a football fan to treat kind of going to see their team. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned about being the only one on two rows around you um, uh, yesterday. Last season, I mean, I'm, I'm towards the back of um, towards the back of the west stand in the sort of southwest corner, um, and last season i'd be the only one for like five rows around me that i, I took, took pictures because i just couldn't believe it in injury time um even if we were losing and even if people thought we were going to get relegated I, it just baffles me that you would st not not stick it out um and obviously when you're you know top of the league winning playing good football it i kind of you know you expect a little bit more so i'd looked at it from you know taking all of those things for granted almost that you know they're all factors what could the club do and what what is it about the ground that sort of doesn't make it that conducive sometimes to having a good atmosphere and i think part of it is that unless you're in the union fs section or l1 or potentially like maybe the family stand if you've got kids there's no identity to the rest of the ground you could be sat anywhere and it's all just one big homogenous mass. So you go into the ground and you don't really feel like you're part of anything bigger other than being, <laughs> being in the stadium. I, you know, if you compare that to a lot of the uh, traditional grounds, a lot of um, places where you're, you're part of a stand or you're part of a, like an, a subculture within the stadium where it gives you a bit of identity. And I think that that does kind of work against us a little bit. Um, having said that, I'm not saying for a second that that means that it's an excuse that, you know, all fans should just turn up and just not make any noise and not support the team. And it's, it's just one small factor. I think, I think um, it's, it's obviously, it's a long way from being good and it's just, we've just got to try and get there incrementally with little steps, but, even just, I know it's not, it's not, it's a trivial thing, but even just talking about it should help. So like you say, we haven't really kind of, you haven't really raised it as a massive kind of issue on the pod before. Um, but maybe, you know, something like Matt Piper's tweet, putting it out there, high profile figure that a lot of Leicester fans follow and want to engage with. <laughs> that's, that's an important thing to, to like, let's, let's talk about it. Cause we should, we will need an atmosphere. Um, for one or two games this season. And it, like Birch says, it can and it does make a difference. <laughs> it, it was funny, actually, because Birch was on the pitch at half-time yesterday with Sol Bamber and Steve Howard, which is the first time he's he's done that in ages. Um, and he didn't say that, which was disappointing. It may have had a different outcome. But, um, but yeah, like, Chelsea, obviously you look at it from, you know, the, uh, the singing section's perspective. And, you know, like I said, I, I sit next to you, you uh, just to the side and it was it was bouncing in your section yesterday and you know <laughs> at times it did reverberate wider but but it's still you know an atmosphere you look at some of the clubs going up I look I watched Luton today against Man City and it you know their stadium's bouncing you know if we're going to be successful again we need a we need a bouncing King Power Stadium and it's it's just not been like that for for a long period of time now, has it? No, not not at all. Um, I think that 
it's challenging. Obviously, we we went to the, to the club and approached them about having a singing section because we felt it, it was required and we feel that it does have an, a positive impact. Otherwise, we, we wouldn't have gone ahead and did, done those trial games and then thought that they were successful and, and actually going ahead to do it full, full time, I think, was the right move. I don't think it has taken a, a massive amount away from any any other areas of the ground. Like, I think that that's one thing that was kind of levelled at us is, well, if you concentrate all the singers in one section, of course, the rest of the ground's going to be silent. That's just, for me, a nonsense. A lot of the stuff that Dave's gone through there around all of these sort of factors that kind of contribute to poor atmosphere, that yeah, they're all, all spot on. They, they all, in effect, they're all just excuses. Like they ultimately it's just a lack of effort or willing to want to get behind the team that is as simple as it is and it's really it's sad and some, maybe that's just football in 2023 which is about the battle in itself really is obviously it, it it doesn't seem as partisan as it was when we were all growing up and we were at Filbert Street but it shouldn't that's what we we don't want to as you know first don't want to accept that we don't want it to be as homogenous as every other ground that you go to in one of these identical identical stadiums you just you want to have you you want to be really proud of the fact that Leicester have a great atmosphere we don't have that at the minute but it's really challenging to see what we can potentially do about it because at the minute I'm struggling to see how just how many people are that interested in an atmosphere because if you if you if you read if you read on social media or various forums People will go to the nth degree to find a reason as to why there wasn't a great atmosphere today. And it's like Groundhog Day every single time. It was too cold. It was too hot. The, the opposition was It wasn't crap. even that cold yesterday. No, no, it wasn't. The opposition were crap. Like, uh, the, the ref the ref was too good. Didn't give any bad dodges and decisions. We couldn't get up, get up for it. Like, there needs to be some... The opposition need to be sort of... All like give us a give us a little bit of a good game, for instance, like it and can't feel like a just a, a training exercise. This, the our style of play is boring. Like it was just all of them ultimately are just excuses for people just not want wanting to to like get up and sing and support the support the team, which it is each to their own, obviously. But it, as someone who is someone who's very invested in wanting a good atmosphere, it is it is highly frustrating. It's yeah, it's hugely frustrating. And a man who doesn't get to the games that often, but is the loudest person I know, um, probably has a unique perspective on this. Do we need to give you a megaphone and a scarf to whip yeah. over your head? I'll be like that game pitch before the game, Rick. I'll be like that game from the Portland Timbers. Um, no, I mean. <laughs> Uh, you're right. I mean, I'm a farm one to talk at the minute. I don't get to go as much in my circumstances. But if I could, me and my little boy would be there every week, face painting, lobbing bog rolls on the pitch, all sorts, like the good old days. But Oscar's noisier than you, to be fair to him, isn't uh, he? Yeah, he's very loud. Um, but, I mean, I th- Dave, Chelsea, and you said, Jack, I, we got into football for a reason. Every single football fan even the old biddies that are down there now, they've got into football at some point in their life. And the thing that probably attracted them to football was not a sanitised, soulless football atmosphere. It won't have been, because it didn't exist years ago for a start. But you that isn't a quality that draws you to go into the football. 
But that is now what happens. And it's almost like, well, I pay my money. I can do what I want. If I want to leave early, if I don't want to sing, I'm a paying fan, I'll do what I want. Well, yeah, but if everyone does that, then you're going to have the thing that didn't that, that won't draw people to the football. So it's like people have got to take accountability. It's like moving to a lovely village that's got really nice independent shops and then not and then a couple of years later stop going and traipsing dog shit round everywhere. You say, Well, I live here, I can do what I want. Well, yeah, but the reason why it was nice in the first place was because everyone was all in the same boat and taking pride and caring what they they're part of. I and Michael Reagan had it Bob on the other day. It's entitlement and it's about we don't feel like until we overachieve again, we it's like we can't get up. We can't create an atmosphere. So we're from when we go back up and we perhaps put a few teams away who uh, we can take the piss about, we'll probably the atmosphere will be good that day. But that's it's gotta be there's gotta be a base level, decent atmosphere. And then yes, there'll be good times where you, the atmosphere is just week out so good like it was when we won the league and during the, the Champions League campaign. Now, OK, that happens very, very rarely, if at all, but you've got to have some form of basis to go on. And Dave's right. You know, what What are the club, What have the club really done to help it? Now, I don't want to slag them off too much because, again, they're probably just trying to appease everyone. But I think they could not worry about offending people by put, planting the mass that we should create a fortress at the King Power. And if that means we actually sing and shout and it's a bit partisan, as Chelsea says, then so be it. Let's have a bit of bollocks about us and pride. And um, I, uh, Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, we're going to upset the, people. The point you make there, though, is a really interesting one for me because, you know, I, I think you're right. The club have tried to do stuff. They're trying to appease large groups of people. Yeah. Very difficult, very challenging. You know, good luck to the fan engagement officer, whoever gets that job, because I think that's an impossible job. However, Enzo has come out two or three times really clearly and said atmosphere is really important. He, you know, it might not be, people might say I'm wrong, but after big games, he's gone straight over to um, SK1. Mm. So he obviously recognises it. And, you know, he's early in his tenure, but I I think he needs to, pro- like, you know, I think if the club came out a little bit stronger on it in terms of the atmosphere they, they want, that would help because, you know, he's not been as blunt as, as he might be. Maybe it's not his place to, but that, that for me, I think, I think the club need to be really clear about it because I, I honestly don't think anyone is sat there going, we want a really flat atmosphere. And I know they're not because I've spoken to some of them. And they, you know, last season they were talking about how the atmosphere was flat and what can be done to improve it. And and I guess we don't have have all the answers. I have one, which is the fact that it takes 20 minutes to get served at half time is an absolute disgrace. And I have no idea how in the year 2023 it takes so long. It must be deliberate because they don't want to serve people pints. Um, but that I, I just think that's ridiculous. But you know, if Enzo's coming out and saying that, the players know that. You know, so we've got to, we've just got to do better, and maybe it's just about you know raising it. Hopefully, Pipes' tweet can draw a bit of attention to it. But it, it, it's just not very good, is it? I think I, I think the club should do more to encourage like younger fans to just be partisan, loud, enjoy going to the game. So I take 
my 10 year old lad when I, when I can do and he loves loves going in the singing section when we go to away games he's like is there a singing section well it's the away <laughs> end it's supposed to all be a singing section <laughs> but we've been to Burton Liverpool and Sheffield Wednesday and they're not the thriller this year and that's the the three examples of probably some of the worst away ends I've, I've been in ever so um it's a good question from him to be honest but yeah it's um the club should be more for kids kids that age. They're interested, like we like we've alluded to earlier. We got hooked because there was something about the atmosphere of football. It's not just about watching twenty two blokes knock a ball around the park, like on a, a Saturday afternoon. Like it has to be more than that. Like so, yeah. The fact that the, the club have seeming, like, I mean, they're very proud of being a family family orientated club, which is fine, but they need to like, they, they need to appease to oh, sorry appeal to people who have a different, slightly different view on on the game, not just the people who are paying customers, buy a nice shirt in the club shop, politely clap, leave after 85 minutes. Like, there has to be, there has to be more done. I completely agree with you, Dave. It might be that the Enzo factor does does have an effect yeah. because he, he he's not afraid to say, you know, we need more. Um, he said it numerous times, and I think he'll keep banging that drum. Um, and like Jack says, like it was so blatant the way he like gathered all the players together and went over to, yeah. to the Union FS section and kind of ignored the rest of the ground, partly because like we've been saying there was no one there. Um, and maybe that's the kind of thing that people will think, well, we want the players to come and applaud us, so we're going to stay till the end and we're going to make some noise so that Enzo brings them over to appreciate us as well. Mm. Yeah. And I'd argue, you know, you know, you make the point about uh, buying shirts in the club shop. The club would make a lot more revenue if you could serve pies at half time and people could actually buy them. So just a thought. Right. Um, should we play Who Are You? Go on then. I need to find the theme tune. Uh, so if you could just fill for me for a few seconds, Rick, because we've got too many <laughs> things here. Any more incidents this week, Jake? Any? Any crashes? Oh, no, I haven't heard from Raz or Eva, by the way. Are we not? Oh. No, no, no. So, I thought I was going to have a similar issue to you last night, to be honest, on the way on the way back from town in the Uber. On don't know if anyone knows North Leicestershire, but the area around Sileby, Barrow, Cosington is literally just underwater at this moment in time. And our Uber decided to plow straight through. <laughs> which i was pleased about because he got me home faster but at the same time um i'm not entirely sure what's happened to his engine today well look if, if ever anyone is in any trouble in leicester and needs a, a reliable taxi and it looks like it could end up in a crash and you might need somewhere to sleep and just just get in touch and i'll, I'll pass on raz's details are we are we pleased with the work i'm sure yeah, is he not set right. up on airbnb now <laughs> no, he hasn't. It's, it's a thought, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I have found the theme tune, so I will play it. Let's go. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right, Dave, you're you're on this week. 
as yeah. as guest host, uh, which I'm I'm delighted about. And as Rick's just put in the chat, we do this. Is, I think this is the first time we've had a four for a while, so it's going to be yeah. hotly contested this game. Charles, have you? I'm sure you've played at home, but you've not you've not been on whilst we've been playing. No, game, not not you? not played with you guys. But yeah, I like to tell Jordan how easy it is every week. <laughs> it reminds me that it's harder when you're on the actual show. So. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, he, makes, he makes hard work of it, doesn't he? To be fair to him. <laughs> right, right, Dave, the floor is yours, mate. Okay, so uh, born twenty first of January, nineteen eighty four. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. There's no guesses yet, mate. Come on. Silence. Okay. <laughs> uh, made six appearances on loan for Leicester in two thousand and eight. That's that's going to be relegation season or the year after. Do you want another one? Yep. Mark Edworthy. No, he's older than that. It was about 39 when he played for us. Yeah, no, that was really good. Born, I I had to to go with a Northamptonshire born player. Born in Wellingborough and made 122 appearances for Rushton and Diamonds to start his career. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, wow. I feel like I should know this. Yes, Bell. Sorry, David Bell. David Bell is correct. Oh, good one. I didn't have to tell you that he played once for Republic of Ireland B and spent four months as manager of Corby Town. <laughs> We signed him on loan from Luton, didn't we? Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did he yeah. score what? Did he score for us? Did he get one goal for us or not? I, I think he did it. score. I think he scored in a home game. Really. Yeah, I do. I think like one-one or something. Mm. Holloway signing wasn't he? One of the many wingers we signed in that period. Is that right? On his uh, <laughs> on his Wikipedia page, it says. And this might give something away that someone called Aaron Watts has been editing it because it says he was once nutmegged by Rushton and Diamond's youth team player Aaron Watts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jordan's got a story. Jordan he played against him at one point and he was yeah he was he was jacked up, I think. <laughs> he's been on the waves. Um so he's got a story about him and he's got a story about Lee Cox. Um, I think I think we had a I mean David, we obviously completely forgiven. Thought we've definitely spoken about David Bell's. You know, yeah, Dave, Dave's had the list, so I would be disappointed if if Dave. I did. I did consult the spreadsheet thoroughly right. two or three times because I thought I can't come on here and say someone has been a guest before. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just wondering. And I think he's been a guest. Yeah, because he. Yeah. Yeah, but we've yeah. spoken about him before because I think yeah. he, he was like a player coach at, at Kings Lynn. Don't um, try and bring controversy into this round. No, I'm not because you're not one. I was not trying to. I was trying to wonder why we've at one point spoken about David Bell. I completely trust him. Yeah. By the way, Rick, bollocks to you. That's a few weeks where you haven't got one, isn't it? Mm. I've got last week's, mate. No, we didn't do one last week. The week before, then. <laughs> who, who, who was that? I did. I got I got a last one. But yeah, I've lost, a couple, I've lost a couple recently. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, <sighs> two weeks is your longest non-winning streak since I think you joined the pod, so... Uh, when we had a break during the summer, so well, it's getting to me now. This could be a right. This could be a crisis. 
head's gone. It's since you've put the what, you can only have one guess around. Yeah. I've stopped guessing at all. So <laughs> I'm sort of like, I, I'm stunted. You're confused. <laughs> You're confused. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, sorry, what clue was that, Dave? Second or third? Third. That was... Third, yeah. Yeah. I always feel a bit guilty when we get it in the second or the third clue because it's mm. um, people do a lot of hard work and then it's guessed very quickly. You ruin that was, that was a good solid 30 seconds on Wikipedia that I uh, yeah, put okay, in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll never get that back. But, but <laughs> I got yeah. John Pants sealed, didn't I? Oh, you did so get John Pants don't come today, giving yeah. me a... Yeah. Well, that's, you know... Two weeks ago. Yeah. Two games ago. You're having a mid-season blip. <laughs> Lost for two games. Um, what was good though when we um, did the prep for the quiz obviously it was a lot of going through Wikipedia from certain years and there were so many names you could go through the squad list of players I've yeah. forgotten yeah, about yeah. it's kind of where you I was like oh you know, I'm obviously not going to name names now because I've banked a few in the, in the back of my head thinking I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring them up at, at some point for who are you but there's so many players you forget about like and then some of them who were like in the Leicester first team squad who then don't even have like, a Wikipedia page and think what on earth happened <laughs> <laughs> if they were a Leicester first team player, you would have thought be quite good, right? So even if you end up kind of dropping down the leagues, you'd still have a page. But but yeah, um I've I've got some I've got plenty though in the in 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 the in the bank in the top pocket ready to, to go when I'm I'm back on, on duty. Where's Jack headed off to? Um you could probably get you could probably get about fifty to sixty players, I reckon, mm-hmm. in that sort of two year spell. Yeah. yeah. We went through about seven or eight different managers in that period as well. So Maybe that's the next one. Maybe you do some a manager you are because we had enough of them as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's gone. Where has Holmes gone? Maybe he's oh he's yeah, he's gonna keep talking. I need to grab a phone. <laughs> I, I've forgotten how to do this hosting. Go on, mate. Back yeah, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do we do? No, I don't know. I'm just going to wait to get Jack to get back. But genuinely, like, I'm so out of the loop though, of everything. Obviously, as you know, why I've not been on the pod, I feel like a complete fraud for coming on here and and chatting about the games. I mean, I will be at some over Christmas, and I have been at some. But well, no, generally, it does feel weird. For you, for you, extended highlights, lads. I was yeah. disappointed with the extended highlights. To, uh, they were, yeah, they were poor. Sure. Sure. Really poor. I couldn't yeah, believe I it. Really like, sure. We managed to drag 20 minutes out of some of the most boring mm. games we've seen ever. Yeah. And like, there was only about 15 minutes yesterday. Didn't really four minutes on coming out. Yeah, they <laughs> always do that. that right? It's, it's really annoying, isn't it? You're thinking whoever's chopping at them highlights, it can't be that hard. Give us just a, a cross that no one gets on the end of, but they give us two minutes of teams walking out. Um, yeah. I'm not as much of a regular viewer, viewer of them as Rick, but um, yeah, I was disappointed. <laughs> Maybe they've maybe they've acted on the feedback around of uh, that we as Union Fest get sometimes when we do TFOs that people can't complain because they can't see the teams come out. So <laughs> give me the extended, extended, high, extended highlights of them doing that. I don't think you're going to get much sympathy for you know the extended highlights aren't very good. I know. Wow. Well, that, that I'm going to have to move abroad so I can watch them all. That woman who cut the hole in the flag that time, she's yeah. Saying, I don't need to see this. I don't need to see two minutes worth. I was there. <laughs> too much, too much. Um, it's she passed away. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think uh, yeah, it was in the. I think I think it was on one of the forums. She's like, yeah, this is this is the actual lady that is famous for having her head through a tifo. <laughs> Iconic. 
Well, up. Thank God you're back, man. I didn't know what to do. Well, it's not like you you, you do this for anything or anything, is it? I know. Um, well, I was running upstairs because um, I met a bloke called Nathan yesterday who um, has gifted us. Well, sadly, his dad passed away earlier this year, so he had a load of shirts that he well, he, he didn't know what to do with. He was going to give them to a charity shop. So he's passed them on to us. Um, and it is the most amazing collection of shirts, right? So I'll show them up to camera, which will be rubbish if you're listening. Um, but we've got the 0203 LG one. Love that. Uh, we've got Brian Brian. this, this yeah. one's a particular favourite. Let's we've do first, the, first names that come into your head when you see the shirt. Yeah, first oh. names when you see this one. This oh, colour. Oh, Casper, isn't it? Well, no, for me, that was Comrade Logan. So they think this yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. This would be the 12, 12 13 or 13 yeah. goalkeeping shirt. The Puma. Um, Puma one, very, very nice. And then this one, which is my absolute, I think this is my favourite ever shirt, actually, when I was going through yeah. it, which is the black with the blue sash, but it's got Loras on the front. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. That's what goes through my head. Yeah, obviously. exactly. Yeah, Kermagant. that Kermagant. <laughs> and it's oh, got um, League One champions gold badges on the side, which is is a lovely touch. So, like massive thank you to to him for doing that. But what um, what I thought we were would do actually, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do with them, other than kind of try and raise a bit of money for for charity. But we've we've got a few guests lined up uh, for the pod, and obviously we're going to go back through the years and hopefully get more more on. But um, We'll try and get them signed by uh, someone that played in that era. Maybe we'll get Jan Kermagant on the pod. Um, who knows? <laughs> uh, and then we'll try and auction them off uh, for a good cause. So massive thank you uh, to Nathan for doing that. Really appreciate that. And great to meet you yesterday. I know you met uh, Jordan as well yesterday. Um, so that was that was really kind. Which probably, we're probably in the any other business stage yet. I'm just checking my notes. We've got Mill, Mill on Wednesday, which comes around quick. Um, and plenty of other things, but I, uh, I will just play my, uh, any other business intro music. Can I finish speaking? Are, are you going to interrupt? Can I finish speaking? Okay. Cause I don't interrupt your question. Okay. So don't interrupt mine. Show some respect. Um, it, oh, it, it would actually if... be a, a, like an interesting series, you know, getting on former players who didn't like have a good time. At Leicester, it takes like a brave player to do it. But I have seen other podcasts do it, and I think actually, obviously a Leicester link here, Dean Hammond. I think I'm right in saying when he was at Sheffield United, it, it didn't, it wasn't a good time for him. Yeah, and he was invited onto um, a podcast with those guys who, who I know I can't remember um, the name of it, but anyway, he did it, and it, it's quite an interesting conversation because obviously sometimes you know explaining why it didn't work out from his perspective. You know, and obviously mm. when you mentioned getting Jan Kermigan on the, the podcast, instantly I think, oh God, no. But actually when you think about it, I think if he's like brave enough and, and kind of nice enough to come on, it would actually genuinely be interesting to, to have a chat with him about, you know, just that. Yeah, the whole year and like, what was it like afterwards, all that? Yeah. yeah so maybe any he quite well at Charlton afterwards, didn't he? He was, he yeah. was like, cool. But Red, Reading and Charlton, he scored yeah. bad he, he said he obviously was a, a decent player, just he didn't work out. And so yeah. just sometimes if you've just got that one blotch in your career, it'd be interesting to actually hear him say, you, know, you go through your career of all these kind of successful times, why did it not work at, at Leicester? And I think it'd actually be dead interesting to, to speak to those people. Not necessarily Jan, if you can think of others who played at Leicester, didn't have a no, good time, but were clearly decent players, and see if we can persuade them to come on the podcast at some point. 
You, you, you might not get Harry Kane based on what Michael Regan said the other week. I know, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's also quite big time and probably wouldn't give us time yeah. as a podcast, but... Mm. Um, but but there we go. Um, I've I've got a few bits of any other business. Uh, but I'm I'm I'm. Is anyone would anyone else like to talk about any topics in particular? I'm done. I... You're you're done. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> well, no, in, in terms of talking <laughs> points, <laughs> yeah. Just just quick just quickly on that UNFS ten years thing. So obviously yesterday we put up a few banners and to, to mark that in the section, which was which was great. Um, to be honest with you, would we were chatting last night actually. Did we think we'd make 10 years after five years? Probably not. Um, but the, I think the group has gone from strength to strength. Like It's been led by some fantastic people. Um, you really know what they're doing, really energised and want to just make this, the, the match day experience a lot better for, for everyone, not just the people within the group as well. So all credit to those guys. Um, it was amazing to see it. We probably had about 100, 100 people like in Duffy's and then to the exchange bar after. Um various ages like a lot of young young lads who are now really like up for it like sort of just stop going to games with like their parents and stuff like that and just want to make a difference in the atmosphere so we also put some leaflets out i think we put uh, about a thousand leaflets out on seats in, in and around sk1 kind of encouraging people that if they want to make a difference now's the time to say so that you can get relocated into to the singing section for next year hopefully because the best way to do it is to actually just take some action. That's what we did when we set up UNIFS 10 years ago. We wanted to stop talking about it and just make a difference and actually do something. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my any of the business is just almost a bit of a plea that if you are fed up with it and you want to do something about it, just come speak to us. Um, we're pretty easy to find on social media and forums, etc. So hopefully be in touch. Good shout. Um, having moved my season ticket, I don't think I've moved it close enough. So I might be one of those people that comes to speak Please to you. Do. Dave, any other business? Yeah, just a quick one. I was I was looking because uh, seeing Chelsea on here, I was making I was looking to see when the last time that I spoke to him was because I remember having a quick chat in a square in Eindhoven and yeah. looking at when that was. And it's like. It was only last year that we were playing in Eindhoven. If you'd said then, like, because we were saying, oh, who'd, who'd thought we'd be here, you know, when we were going around League One and all of that. And then uh, if you'd have said to us then, right, in 18 months' time, you'll be on a podcast talking about winning against Plymouth. You'd just be like, no way, surely not. But there we are. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Change. He is mad that that was only last year, isn't it? That yeah. really is mad. Um, yeah, bonkers. Rick, any other business? Yeah, good to see Celtic lose again. Um, talking <laughs> of reminiscing to bad times from this year. But um, only, <laughs> only any other business. I did spot our friend of the show, original dad bod. He's had a son this oh, weekend, he so he's had a little arrival, Tommy, I think his name is. So congratulations to, to him and his, uh, his missus. Uh, he's also put up some unbelievable scran again today, so God knows where he's had the time to do that in between wiping uh, behinds. But, yeah, fair play to him, so congrats. But, yeah, not a lot else. Um, good pod, enjoyed it. Thanks. Uh, thanks for your company. I've got a few, so... Uh... You might hear us starting to talk about Razors next week. 
more will be explained. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you accuse us being sellouts, it's Christmas. Um, <laughs> and we're getting you all discount codes. So, you know, interested to see the feedback on that. Um, one thing that's not uh, sponsored, but I bought some beers from Mill Hill Bruco uh, in the last week with friend of the show, LCFC Lee. Can't remember what his number is at the end of it. Uh, discount code. They were very, very good. Local brewery based in Enderby. Uh, great artwork. Um, I would highly recommend them if anyone uh, likes beer. Uh, yeah. Probably a lot of our listeners. Yeah. One, uh, one, of the lad, one, one of the lads was bollocking them down on Friday night, and it was he, he was he was rated it. So good beer, <laughs> good beer. Um, so yeah, and I think I can't remember if I got anything else. There probably is something else. I'll probably have to insert it afterwards, but I think that's it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. What right. about our proposed big, strong Leicester boy social? Oh, well, yeah, that wanna... was the other thing. That yeah. was the other thing, yeah. Um, so, obviously, uh, uh, we worked with Lamp for the quiz night, um, which seemed to go down really well. Uh, Liam wants to do more stuff with us, which is brilliant because it's exactly what we want to do. Um, you know, Jake obviously talked, you know, really well about kind of stuff that affected him and, and been around some of his friends. So uh, we want to continue that. So you will see some stuff called the Big Strong Leicester Boys. Uh, I think it's social night as, as we're branding it at the moment. Might need some work on the branding uh, in terms of how we're describing it. But you'll you'll start to see some of those events. We're planning on doing those quarterly next year. They'll be in Leicester um, and it will just be a place to come and have a chat talk about men's mental health which you know blokes don't really do uh, as we all know so um we're we're really keen to do do more with those so if you've got any questions about that please do drop us a note on twitter or on instagram or up to us directly most of our socials are out there so um, yeah. so yeah just just, drop us just a note on that just quickly then on that um like inundated with messages last week from from listeners of the pod people who i, who I don't know never met um, who all sent me a message. So, um, you know, thanks. You know, it genuinely is much appreciated. And so, yeah, so it's, it's nice to have that, that little community. And as Jack said, you know, to, to kind of now move this forward and, and do even more and create that space is, um, yeah, it, it was never part of the plan during this podcast, but the, the fact we're able to do these sort of things, it's, uh, yeah, it's generally great. So, um, yeah, thanks for everybody who messaged me. It's much, much appreciated. If, if anything, Jake, and this is the thing I'm most delighted about our, uh, with it is that people might realize that big and strong is irony um, yes. and they might get that message eventually because I know initially <laughs> people didn't think we were being serious about that so uh, so yeah if we can you know quash those rumors that would be uh, that would be good good stuff all right should we should we leave it there then yep right yeah well thank you thank you for your company it's been great to have uh, such a gaggle of big strong Leicester boys uh, on the pod including friends of the show so um, so that's great uh, Millwall on Wednesday so we will be back probably next weekend with a pod before Birmingham on Monday uh, but yeah we will have a chat about that in our own chaotic way as we always do but thanks for listening thanks for joining us have a great week
Podcast Network.